Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on providing our listeners with an up-to-date overview of the Kenyan financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to provide you with a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the major markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color Podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may also be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, business owners and leaders, as well as our sisters and brothers in county number 48, that is Kenyans in the diaspora, who are looking for investment opportunities back at home. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 36th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 5th to Friday the 9th of September. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. Kicking off in the U.S., where on Thursday, the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, emphasized the importance of containing inflation as quickly as possible before consumers get used to higher prices and come to expect them as the norm. Underlining his strong commitment to fight inflation, Powell said expectations were a critical reason why inflation was so persistent in the 1970s and 80s. The Fed has so far this year raised its benchmark rate four times, with the Fed funds rate now set in a range between 2.25 and 2.5%. Markets broadly expect the Federal Reserve to effect its third consecutive 75 basis point hike later this month. Also on Thursday, the European Central Bank, which sets monetary policy for the 19 Eurozone nations, announced a 75 basis point hike in interest rates, taking its benchmark deposit rate from 0% to 0.75%. In its official statement, the European Central Bank said that this was a major step in the transition from the prevailing highly accommodative policy towards the timely return of inflation to the central bank's medium-term target of 2%. The central bank said it expects to raise interest rates even higher given that inflation remains elevated 
and has revised its inflation expectations upwards to an average of 8.1% in 2022. Meanwhile, the Bank of England on Friday said it would postpone its September monetary policy meeting by one week following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. The committee's decision will now be announced at 12 p.m. local time on the 22nd of September. In the U.S. stock market, stocks rallied on Friday as Wall Street capped off a strong weekly performance recovering from a Federal Reserve-induced slump. Recently, U.S. stocks have been volatile, driven by expectations by a third consecutive 75 basis point hike later this month. This is after the Fed chair said he was strongly committed to bringing down inflation. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 377 points to close at 32,151, while the S&P 500 jumped 1.5%. To 4,067, and the Nasdaq Composite climbed 2.1 percent to 12,112. All the three major averages snapped a three-week losing streak, with the Dow Jones up 2.6 percent for the week, while the S&P 500 gained 3.6 percent, and the Nasdaq Composite was 4.1 percent higher. In the bond market, the yields on U.S. Treasury bonds remained little changed on Friday following the European Central Bank's decision to hike interest rates to tackle soaring inflation in the eurozone. The yield on the two-year note was trading at 3.56%, while the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note was up two basis points at 3.317%. At the far end of the yield curve, the 30-year Treasury bond was one basis point higher at 3.456%. Investors remained concerned about a potential slowdown in the economy as well as the Fed's aggressive stance towards containing inflation. In the commodities markets, oil prices rose over 3% on Friday, supported by real and threatened cuts to oil supply. The real cut came from OPEC+, Plus, which announced on Monday its plans to reduce oil output, while the Russian president has threatened to halt oil and gas exports to Europe if the proposed price caps on Russian oil are imposed. However, the price of crude was set for a second weekly decline as aggressive rate hikes from the major central banks and China's COVID-19 lockdowns weighed down on the demand outlook. Brent crude rose 3.7% to $92.45 a barrel. Whilst the U.S. benchmark WTI, that is West Texas Intermediate, increased by a similar margin of 3.7% to $86.65 a barrel. Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to about $89 per barrel from $95 the previous week. Despite Friday's bounce, both benchmarks were headed for a weekly drop, with Brent crude down about 0.6% for the week, while WTI was on track for a weekly decline of 0.3%. 
They say that all that glitters is not gold. However, the price of gold rose on Friday as the dollar retreated briefly on profit taking ahead of the weekend. The price of spot gold rose 0.5% to $1,716 per ounce. The precious metal rose 0.3% for the week, its first weekly rise in the last four weeks. The dip in the dollar against other major currencies makes gold cheaper for overseas buyers. On the currency front, the U.S. dollar surged to a 24-year peak against the Japanese yen on the back of Japan's dovish monetary policy. The greenback soared as high as 145 yen, a level that was last tested in August 1998. The dollar also hit a 37-year high versus the sterling pound on Wednesday as market players contrasted Europe's economic challenges with a relatively stronger U.S. economy and a hawkish Federal Reserve. Against sterling, the greenback hit a low of 1.1407 U.S. dollars, the lowest level since 1985. Meanwhile, the euro fell below 99 cents on Tuesday and dipped as low as $0.9864, its lowest level since October 2002. We now shift gears to the local scene. During the week under review, the Kenya shilling remained stable against major international and regional currencies. The Kenya shilling was trading at 120.28 versus the U.S. dollar on Thursday compared to 120.05 the previous week. Against the sterling pound, Kenya shilling was trading at 138.24. And against the euro, the Kenya shilling was trading at 119.27. And now looking at the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was changing for 31.69 Ugandan shillings, 19.39 Tanzanian shillings, and 8.60 Rwandese francs. Please note that the exchange rates quoted in this podcast are those derived from the Central Bank of Kenya website and may not be a true reflection of the real exchange rates available in the forex market. This could be due to a disconnect between the regulator and the interbank forex market, where in a free market, price discovery is supposed to take place without interference from the regulator. The outlook for the Kenya shilling remains negative as the shilling continues to depreciate versus the US dollar, mainly driven by local demand for the greenback, which far exceeds the supply as the country continues to import way more than it exports. This is confirmed by the latest current account data, which we will be looking at shortly. Case in point, over the past two years, the Kenya shilling has depreciated from a rate of 101.35 that was recorded on the 2nd of January 2020 to the current levels of 120.28, a decline of more than 18%. On foreign exchange reserves, according to the central bank, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at 7.346 billion US dollars, that is equivalent to 4.19 months of import cover 
While this is in line with the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover, we are now on the verge of breaching this limit, which is a clear indication of how foreign debt repayments are squeezing the country's foreign exchange reserves. In addition to the potential breach, we note with concern the significant decline in reserves from a peak of $8.81 billion that was recorded on the 30th of December 2021 to the current levels of $7.35 billion, a decline of $1.46 billion in a period of just eight months. For your information, foreign exchange reserves are assets such as cash, deposits, treasury bills, and gold that are held by a central bank mainly to support the country's balance of payments. The foreign exchange reserves also help to influence a country's exchange rate as well as maintain confidence in the financial markets. As mentioned earlier, we now look at the provisional data on the balance of payment, which shows that Kenya's current account deficit is now estimated at 5.1% of GDP in the 12 months to July 2022, compared to 5.2% of GDP in the 12 months to July 2021. The narrower deficit was attributed to improved receipts from service exports and diaspora remittances. For your information, the current account represents the net position of a country's import and export of goods and services. A current account surplus means that the country is a net exporter, whilst a deficit means the country is a net importer of goods and services. In the money markets last week, the liquidity situation in the interbank market registered improved flows, mainly on the back of increased government payments, which helped to offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the cash reserve requirement, currently set at 4.25%, stood at 42.8 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active, with the average interbank rate at 4.16%, compared to 4.90% the previous week. During the week, the average number of interbank deals declined to 26 from 30, while the average value traded decreased to 13.1 billion shillings from 16.9 billion the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 8th of September, and the central bank received bids totaling 36.7 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 153%. Interest rates on all tenors increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day rate rising 5 basis points to 8.91%. The 182-day rate ticked up by 2.3 basis points to 9.59%, and the 364-day rate inched up by 3.9 basis points to 9.91%. Treasury bills are a secure short-term investment that is less than one year. They are issued on a weekly basis by the central bank on behalf of the government of Kenya and represent a borrowing by the government for the purpose of financing the national budget. They are an attractive investment opportunity for both retail and institutional investors.
In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya announced its September bond issue and is looking to raise 50 billion shillings for budgetary support. In this regard, the Central Bank has invited bids for two reopened fixed coupon treasury bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 010 with 9.6 years left to maturity and a coupon at 13.49%. The second bond is FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 015 with 14.5 years left to maturity and a coupon at 13.942%. The bonds are now open for sale. However, please note, due to the public holiday on Tuesday, the 13th of September, the bid closure date has been extended to 2 p.m. on Wednesday, the 14th of September. Treasury bonds are a secure medium to long-term investment that is between two years and 30 years. They are issued on a monthly basis by the central bank on behalf of the government of Kenya. Treasury bonds normally pay out interest every six months for the duration of the bond, and they represent a borrowing by the government from the public for the purpose of financing the national budget. Treasury bonds are an attractive investment opportunity for institutional investors, mainly due to the longer-term duration of the investment. Moving on swiftly to the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the week and review, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSC20 and the NSC25 gaining by 2.6%, 1.4% and 2.1% respectively. However, their year-to-date performance still remains in the red with losses of 15.2% for the NASI, 6.6% for the NSC20 and 11.2% for the NSC25. The market's performance was driven up mainly by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as NCBA, which rose 9.3%, Safaricom increased by 4.3%, KCB clawed up by 3.9%, and Standard Shattered ticked up by 1.8%. The only blue chip stocks that recorded losses were East African breweries and ABSA, which declined by 0.6% and 0.4% respectively. During the week, the turnover in equities declined by 11% to $13.5 million. This is from $15.1 million recorded the previous week, taking the year-to-date turnover to just over $600 million. Foreign investors remained net sellers with a net selling position of just $600,000 compared to a net selling position of $6 million recorded the previous week. This takes the year-to-date net selling position for foreign investors to about $148 million, which broadly explains the performance of the equity markets so far this year. In related news, the stock market on Tuesday gained about 102 billion shillings in investor wealth. This was the biggest single-day recovery in four and a half years and signaled improved investor confidence following Monday's Supreme Court ruling that affirmed Deputy President William Ruto as the fifth president of the Republic of Kenya. 
On Kenya's national debt, according to the Central Bank of Kenya, total government debt as at May 2022 stood at 8.56 trillion shillings, and this was equally divided between domestic debt at 4.27 trillion shillings and foreign external debt at $36.71 billion, which is equivalent to 4.29 trillion shillings. Kenya's debt-to-GDP ratio now stands at 70%, which is 20% above the IMF's recommended threshold of 50% for developing countries. According to the National Treasury, Kenya's debt-service-to-revenue ratio is estimated at 50%. That means that for every one shilling that KRA collects as a revenue, 50 cents will go towards debt repayments. Treasury officials also project that for the first time in Kenya's history, debt repayments estimated at 1.36 trillion shillings will surpass the recurrent expenditure, which is projected at 1.34 trillion shillings, underlining the magnitude of the national debt. To add insult to injury, in the month of June 2022, Parliament amended Section 50, Subsection 2 of the Public Finance Management Regulations to increase the public debt ceiling from 9 trillion shillings to 10 trillion shillings. This as a stopgap measure to allow the next government to borrow an additional 862 billion shillings to plug the budget deficit for the current fiscal year, that is 2022-2023. Looking forward to next week's economic calendar. On Tuesday, we're awaiting the U.S. Consumer Price Index for the month of August to give us a feel of inflation in the U.S. economy, which is currently running at 40-year highs of above 9%. Similarly, on Wednesday, we're also expecting the U.K.'s Consumer Price Index for the month of August. And finally, on Thursday, we're looking forward to the U.S. retail sales for the month of August to give us an indication of consumer spending in the U.S., which accounts for about 65% of their GDP. For your information, the next meeting of the Central Bank of Kenya's Monetary Policy Committee will be held on Thursday, the 29th of September. The topical issue for this week is the decline in foreign exchange reserves. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves decreased by $365 million in the month of August as a result of debt repayments to both bilateral and commercial lenders. This has reduced our import cover towards the minimum of four months and has already breached the East African community's preferred threshold of 4.5 months of import cover. Kenya's reserves have been on a precipitous decline so far this year from a peak of $8.81 billion recorded at the beginning of the year to the current level of $7.35 billion, a decline of $1.46 billion US dollars in a period of just eight months. The decline in reserves has been exacerbated by the country's inability to access the eurobond market for additional funds due to the repricing of sovereign risk by foreign investors following the downgrade in outlook and coupled by fiscal challenges 
and potential debt distress, which have been worsened by the COVID-19 pandemic and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, in addition to our usual audio directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, the Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, my favorite quote for this week, let the week say, I am strong. Thank you and God bless.